Today's episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is brought to you by Let's Get Checked, the leading provider of at-home health tests. Are you looking to improve your male hormone health? With Let's Get Checked, you can do a simple home health test that will give you a complete picture of your hormonal health in five days. Let'sgetchecked.com. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. Hey, I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he pinned me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If if Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose. And he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mentioned a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name, that happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two men power trip of wrestling. Warrior. 
Looking to put Cena away with the big boot. Runs into Evan Ford. John Cena. Attitude adjustment. What a huge one. And here comes Andrew with a spear. He misses. Tag made the board. Here we go. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Hello and welcome to another episode of the TMPT Feature Series, a part of the two-man power trip of Wrestling Empire. I am JP John Paz, and today's episode is with former WWE superstar Evan Bourne, but you may know him as former Ring of Honor, former New Japan Pro Wrestling, former Impact star Matt Seidel. Yes, we join him for a, a very nice chat here today. We talk a lot about what's going on with him currently. He's got a wrestling school down in Florida a.k.a. a dojo down in Florida. He was recently, or not so recently, but a part of the PWX X16 tournament. We go through that. We go through kind of what it takes to be a great independent wrestler, which he's been for a very long time, and how to kind of make it to the big leagues, which he's done on numerous occasions. Injuries kind of set him back a few times in his career, but he is one of the original kind of high flyers from the early 2000s that really made a mark in Ring of Honor and then throughout impact wrestling and the new japan and then obviously in his time in the wwe as evan Bourne, former wwe tag team champion if you remember the infamous air boom tag team with kofi kingston you also remember a couple big wins that he had uh, he had some wins over sheamus in the uh, tag team match with john cena which uh, the opponents were edge and sheamus but he gets the pin on sheamus which kind of you know set him off Big time. He had a little mini feud with Chris Jericho. His finisher, the Shooting Star Press, won the Slammy Award. And I think so many people remember that Shooting Star Press into the RKO landed by Randy Orton. One of the most memorable RKOs of all time. Possibly one of the best RKOs of all time. Very innovative. Very cool. Great match there between those two. But we go through a whole gamut of stuff here. Not just about the WWE stuff. We do talk about Ring of Honor, of course. We talk about his time in New Japan Pro Wrestling where he's an IWGP World Junior Tag Team Champion. We do talk about his run in the fcw we talk about ovw we talk about his run in J uh, dragon gate promotion in japan a lot of great stuff that we get to we kind of uh, run the gamut on his entire career he actually was pretty much almost in nxt for a little bit got injured and then was out for basically um a year which basically led to his uh, WB exit and thus having a Ring of Honor return in the mid uh, 2010s there around 2014 uh, 
uh, era there. So we go, I mean, man, we, we talk about so many different things and so many different topics. Even his last run with, I guess you could say somewhat of a WWE run, but not really. It was with Evolve, who has a great relationship with WWE. We talk about how he kind of has a, a run there. And obviously Gabe knows him very, very well from the Ring of Honor days and from the independent wrestling days. So he has no problem booking him in Evolve against many of the young and up-and-coming talent that may be headed to NXT very soon. So, I mean, that's kind of the perfect gatekeeper to have, almost like uh, if you can have a good match with him, which is probably more than likely, maybe he can test you out a little bit, see how good you are, and then, boom, move up to the big times, move up to NXT, and then hopefully eventually move up to the WWE. But that's not to say that he's not done, and uh, I don't think he is. I mean, there's possibly a chance of him getting back into WWE someday. Uh, we did see him on Impact Wrestling not that long ago as well, so I'm sure he'll find his way back onto your uh, TV screens if he so desires because he is super, super talented. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a little bit of Matt Seidel, but let me also mention to you the two-man power trip of Wrestling Empire. We've got Rick Bassman's Talking Tough on Podcast One. We've got Shane Douglas's Triple Threat Podcast on Vince Russo's The Brand. We also have Dutch Mantel's University of Dutch on the MLW Radio Network. And, of course, Dr. Tom Pritchard's Taking You to School which can be heard exclusively on the TMPT automatic feed through our empire. So we are running the gamut. We are all over the place. We are kind of having a world domination going on. We are kind of divide and conquer just all over the place. I mean, MLW, like I said, Podcast One, Russo's brand, our own network here. So we are all over the place, and hopefully we'll get some new stuff coming on down the line to you fine folks in the not-so-distant future. So for now, I implore you to enjoy a great episode with a former Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion, a two-time IWGP World Junior Tag Team Champion, a former Impact X Division and Grand Champion, and of course, a former WWE World Tag Team Champion as well, Evan Bourne, a.k.a. Matt Seidel. champion, a former two-time IWGP World Junior Tag Champion, an Impact X Division and Grand Champion, and of course, a WWE World Tag Team Champion. You may know him as Evan Bourne, but we know him as Matt Seidel. Matt, welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. All right, thank you. So, obviously, I mean, so many people know you from all over the place as Evan Bourne, but I know I pretty much know you as Matt Seidel from watching you for many, many years. 
in Ring of Honor, on the indie scene, just all over the place. But what have you been up to lately? What's going on in the world of Matt Seidel? Oh, well, I just competed in uh, the PWX X16 tournament, which is like one of the big indie tournaments. Did pretty well in that event. Um, I also have a dojo here in the – I live in Clearwater, Florida, and so in near near me – I I run a dojo during the week and then I go out and smash it smash people up on the weekends. Nice. So what's going on down in the down in the dojo down in Clearwater? What are you kind of primarily? Is it just wrestling? Or are you teaching some other stuff as well? Oh well, all sorts of life skills. But yeah, we just we just do wrestling my way. Um, you know the right which is of course the right way. <laughs> uh, yeah, we 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 do things my way. It's kind of old school traditional professional wrestling, um, with unlimited. Uh, potential and possibilities for creativity and new ways to do things. You know, I challenge my students to kind of hold themselves to a higher standard, uh, to kind of only watch, only diet on the best professional wrestling on the globe, and then try to be like that, you know, trying to be the best in this town or the best in the state, or, you know, that's just not, that's not the kind of pro wrestling we're doing. We're doing the international world-class style pro wrestling um, that is dominant throughout the world right now, whether it's like AEW, New Japan, NXT, WWE. You know, my, my students um, work a lot with Evolve. We'll be at the New Japan show coming up in uh, St. Pete on Friday. Yeah, you know, we're, we're real busy. You know, we're just hustling and just, you know, we, we, we grind away undercover. You know, we don't tweet about it. We don't talk about it. We just, we just grind away all week and then uh, on the weekends we show what we've got. So you're mentioning kind of the Way your way is the best way in wrestling and the creativity. How would you describe kind of how it's different than a lot of some other wrestling we're seeing, and maybe even some other wrestling schools the way they do it? Oh well, you know, I would just say I'm, you know, my influences are unique and original and uh, different than what most other places try and imitate or be more like. Um, you know, my, my one of the strongest influences I have is the Dragon Gate style of pro wrestling, the Dragon Gate system, where I came from, where I like really developed into um and you know where I developed into a professional version of a professional wrestler not just some backyard kid who was just swinging away um so I bring a lot like a lot of that to the table which is it just requires a, it requires an insane amount of discipline and hard work and rigor and you know you you can't just walk in and start doing a lot of the high level movements and stuff so it's a you know guys we, we work guys from the ground up you start with learning you know basic bridge before you do next bridge you have to you have to run before you walk you have to be able to side shuffle before you can hop and but pretty soon we have everybody doing cartwheels and nip ups and um you know then then we go down the library and litany of wrestling moves you know wrist locks and kimura double wrist locks double wrist locks low wrist locks high wrist locks you know, I go on for eternity, which is what I do uh, all, hour after hour um, at the school. So it is interesting, you know, to Dragon Gate, which you mentioned, which is just kind of at the time, especially years ago, was kind of a way above what all other people were doing in training and, and just high flyers. But with the mix of submissions, uh, obviously, it's kind of like um, an X division times 10 or, you know, like a WWE Cruiserweight division on steroids, like that kind of thing. It was, it was just just the evolution of that. Is that where you were kind of thinking like, okay, you know, you saw the Cruiserweight, you saw the X division, Dragon Gate style is kind of the evolution of all that. Uh, well, yeah, I guess you could say that because it's sort of came from Ultimo Dragon school, but I mean, they're just so far. I mean, it just, their influences are, you know, it's, it's strongly Japanese and Mexican wrestling based. 
so the American the the American aspect did come in does come into play too. So it's a good blend of all three, and that's sort of what I felt like we were doing is kind of putting everything together, but then finding what worked for that specific audience in Japan, um, which was just like um, you know really, really flashy characters and then really high quality wrestling with you know zero mistakes, no mess ups, you know just really polished, precise, yet you know dangerous and physically violent um, acts. And that, I mean, that's what we bring to the table is that um, the kind of wrestling you don't have to switch cameras, on, camera angles on, the kind of stuff that you want to you want it to be zoomed in more than you want to be zoomed out on it. Uh, and you know, just wrestling that's influenced by not what's kind of on the menu on the on the mass media scale. You know, we just we do our own thing, or you know, we make our own kind of music. We get we we march to the beat of our own drum. There's no doubt about that, and you're obviously a former Open the Brave Gate champion, and you wrestled all those great guys, Yoshino, uh, Shima, uh, Horiguchi. I mean, there's a ton of uh, great talent. I guess some people are very familiar or becoming more familiar with them, but right, those guys are kind of underrated in, in the grand scheme of just being, like you said, no mistakes, so fluid, so great. You watch them, and you're just like, holy crap, how do they pull that off? Yeah, I mean, like, not in my house. They're not underrated. Like, you know, <laughs> right? Exactly. In my, yeah. in my circle, you know, among, you know, my my older brother Mike Seidel trained at Dragon Gate just like I did, and you know, we to us, it's the, you know, it's the penultimate professional wrestling organization, and you know, the, the way the Japanese wrestlers knew Japan, Dragon Gate, the way the way they conduct themselves and they handle business is just uh, it's supreme. It's as, as an awesome way to do business, and so that that's kind of what I take my approach to my school you know we keep it clean we mop we sweep we clean we just like um we may we really try and do things the right way for the right reasons we're not trying to get to the top of the mountain the fastest we're just trying to do things the right way and that's really what i instill in these guys is wrestling is kind of a long run game and we just do we we build each step the right way that way uh when we get to the top we've got some good ground to stand on did you always kind of see yourself in the role of a teacher and a coach and a mentor for these guys? I, I would say no. I mean, this sort of just kind of came about, um, but it really has been a motivating factor for me. Um, I've been dealing with a lot of injuries, so having the school to train at is both beneficial to me because I can assess where I'm at week to week physically, you know, with, you know, roles and how my neck feels, how my shoulder feels, and how my foot feels. I'm able to just kind of see where I'm at physically. And then really, I mean, I've just gotten so much from wrestling the last 20 years of my life. I've been obsessed with it. And so needless to say, I've learned a lot and I just like giving back because I don't want people to suffer nearly as much as I've had to learning lessons the hard way and really just trying to uncover and figure out what works and what's going to you know, put smiles on people's faces and make them jump out of their seats. So, yeah, I just, I mean, I, I love giving back. There's a lot of local independent talent in my area. So those guys like to stop by the gym, and I love working with them because that motivates me extra, um, just kind of being around the next group of guys that are trying to push the envelope forward their own way. And then I can be like, hey, did you ever learn an arm drag like this? Because I've always got one or two things in my back pocket that, you know, I like to share. And, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the fun of wrestling is um, – before, before the shows, you know, the, the, a lot of the way I learned wrestling was you would just drive to a show where there would be good wrestlers, get there early enough to get in the ring, and then everybody just rolls around, and we just kind of introduce new techniques to each other that way. Um, 
Whereas now, like, uh, a lot of people, uh, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of people try to learn, learn everything through a school or through a seminar, but, you know, we were uh, just passing it along amongst ourselves, and that's sort of the, this group of guys that ended up, I think, making a pretty significant influence in wrestling, you know. Um, lately, I think sort of my group of my generation of guys have gotten two cable TV shows recently, so I'd say I'm pretty um, proud to be associated with these group of guys that have pushed the envelope forward and guys that have come from Dragon Gate, whether it's Young Bucks, Ricochet, Pac. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm in pretty good company uh, in terms of what style I teach at the school. I kind of just teach that stuff. Yeah, and you know what's crazy? You're saying 20 years, and you made your debut 20 years ago. I mean, it's crazy. You're so young, and you think of yourself, and I always think, like, oh, my God, 20 years in the business, that just seems crazy. I mean, does this feel like that to you? It's like 20 years. That flew by, my God. Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, I I still see myself as a young guy trying to figure it all out. Um, But that's because I've had to throw everything out a couple times, three or four times, and restart over and, you know, rethink things. And the crowd, uh, you know, it's we're dealing with a different crowd. You know, people are different today than they were during the Attitude Era. Humans are different. Our culture is different. The world we live in is different. Uh, So it requires a different approach. And so... You know, I look to the guys today that are doing cool stuff and catching a buzz uh, online, and to think, okay, well, that there's, I, I'm more likely to think there's something to it than, oh, hey, what are these new young guys thinking? I definitely have more of the the idea of like, what can I learn from them than what what, what can I bury them for? For sure, and you're kind of, a, I guess, kind of a, almost like a hybrid, a mix between old school, and new school. I mean, starting in 2000, but you do have a lot of that quote-unquote new school flavor do you have the ideology completely of a new school guy because a lot of them for whatever reason are very anti-attitude era and they kind of ripped that era for whatever reason and say that you know that era belongs in the past and stuff are you one of those guys or are you just kind of accepting of everything now uh yeah i mean i don't really know where i stand on i mean i don't really understand the the issue i mean it's all i mean they're you know, I'm not I'm not somebody who's a, I'm not I don't claim to be like a, an expert on like wrestling in industry wise. I'm more of a, a niche guy like, you know, if, if within my own world, I, I have a good handle on what's happening. But my, my broader perspective, I'm, I probably know less about wrestling than most fans. Uh, in terms, in terms, I just am not um, I just don't get influenced by as much, meaning I don't I don't take in as much of the usual content that everybody else does. Like, you'll catch me watching Ricky Marvin before you catch me watching Monday Night Raw. But I'll definitely catch my friends and all these guys. But, um, you know, I just think there's more than one way to do wrestling. So I love seeing people who do it uh, completely uniquely. It makes sense. And I would prefer Ricky Marvin uh, over a lot of the stuff I'm seeing for sure. He's just underrated guy too along the scenes i mean maybe not to you and me but i think to a lot of the guys it's like ricky marvin but amazing especially go back and watch some uh his stuff in pro, uh, pro wrestling noah it's just awesome awesome talent oh yeah i mean he's unbelievable he's great yeah today's episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is brought to you by let's get checked did you know that in the last 40 years healthy sperm counts have dropped by 50 percent globally Hormonal imbalances and reduced levels of testosterone are becoming a huge concern for men these days. 
Male hormones are important for a number of different functions such as sperm production, maintaining a healthy sex drive, and maintaining muscle strength and mass. Some of the main symptoms of hormonal imbalances include low energy or fatigue, erectile dysfunction, low sex drive or libido, infertility, anxiety or depression, bloating and headache. So how does the process work? Your test is delivered straight to your door. You just have to self-collect your own blood sample from the tip of your finger, mail the sample back to the accredited laboratories in the prepaid label, and receive support and guidance from the LGC medical team who are available to you 24-7 and offer you the personalized advice you need to know for your hormonal health. This week, Let's Get Checked wants to invite you to join their community with 20% off. Yes, 20% off. The discount code WRESTLING20. It's good to know you can get 20% off using the code WRESTLING20 at Let's Get Checked. Yes, that is letsgetchecked.com. Now, as far as you kind of going through and, and yourself as a young guy and kind of going through the Midwest scene and the indie scene there and IWA, uh, excuse me, IWA Mid-South and kind of, you know, making a name for yourself before really settling in with Ring of Honor and around 2004-ish, like kind of that era there, was that something where, you know, you and Delirious are, are getting noticed each step along the way and kind of stepping up the ladder each way as you hit each independent scene and eventually end up in Ring of Honor? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't really think get noticed is like a thing that we you could do back then. It was a way to, you know, you definitely were able to get like books. Uh, I guess that's what it looks mean. But yeah, I mean, uh, we we just everywhere we went, uh, we tried to do the same thing, which was just to get people to go, please come back, please come back. Therefore, forcing the booker's hand to bringing us back. Uh, you know, kind of a simple philosophy, and it, we we seem to get along with all the guys. And like, it, we I started by going to NWA TNA shows in Nashville, and that's mm-hmm. where we met like Nate Webb and Chris Hero, who then guided us, and Dave Prezak, who guided us to IWA Mid South, and gave us a warm welcome, and kind of uh, introduced us to Ian Rotten. And we did after our first match there, Ian was just basically said, you know, come on back anytime I have a show, you guys are booked if you want it. And, um, you know, at that time, Ian was booking AJ Styles, Nigel McGuinness, Samoa Joe, Loki, I mean, just all the hot indie acts. So, that I mean, there's nowhere else where we would ever want to wrestle besides uh, those locker rooms. Plus, he had awesome hardcore wrestling with, like, Necro Butcher and Madman Pondo. And they were really fun shows to be a part of. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we, we just brought a unique flavor to those shows, something that they didn't have, so we fit in. You know, we weren't doing anybody else's act or style. Like I said, you know, we weren't imitating anybody else. We were just doing what we thought would be cool for people to watch. Went out there and did that. Is that one of those things where you kind of marry yourself to Delirious at that point and kind of become, you know, not bitter rivals, but in a way bitter rivals, but married to each other and connected to it to each other and wrestling that feud in not only out of itself but all different territories yeah well i mean you know you get married to a guy for a few ways one if a promotion books it and two if the only way you get to the show is by driving with the said person <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I, were, we were, I mean we just we, we rode together everywhere we were like we were just two guys who weren't afraid just i mean he was driving and you know, i would jump in and everywhere we'd go it was just we showed up to every show we were booked, and we know, you know, we never missed it. We we didn't care how little sleep we had to get or what we had to do to make it. 
I mean, I would be driving. I was at college at Mizzou. I'd just drive four hours to Hunter's house to to Delirious's house on like a Wednesday or on a Tuesday night. I'd drive there, and then on Wednesday we drive from his house to Nashville. It's about eight hours. Then Wednesday night, after trying, after just basically hanging around and loitering in the TNA locker room, probably just being in everybody's way, we would drive back those eight hours to his house, and then I would drive four more back to school, and then I could make it to class on Thursday. You know, so that was sort of just the life. You know, that's what we did. And I didn't, we didn't really think twice about it. We were just having so much fun. And the good thing riding with somebody for that long is we just kept working on our stuff. We just kept trying to figure out a way to get better and better and better. And we just, you know, we were never really satisfied with any of the matches we had. So we just naturally just kept progressing more and more. And obviously you catch the eye of Gabe Sapolsky and he likes you and teams you up with uh, Daisy Hayes and then eventually Beth Betty too. And, and then eventually you in, in generation next, but what's he say when he first sees him? He obviously, you know, great uh, athlete, great high flyer. You're catching the eye of all the fans. Does he say anything to you? Like, like Ian Rotten did like, Hey, you got a job here. I'm going to keep booking you. Like, I, I love you. Like what's his kind of reaction to you? Guys? I mean, we, we just had to work a little bit hard. We had to show up a little bit more to the ring of honor shows, but it was also because we, there was sort of money involved with ring of honor with uh, Ian. It was always, you know, whatever cash was handy and there was no it was much less business and more just independent wrestling uh classic version with you know bloody five dollar bills that you would get from me in after a show uh you know ring of honor was uh professional uh, you know much more of a business in that regard so we were getting checks for 35 dollars instead of bloody money um but yeah you know gabe was t- they were tough to impress and so was the ring of honor locker room you know, I remember guys like Roddy Strong taking me aside after my first Ring of Honor shot and just saying, hey, you know, certain, my, my forearms weren't cutting it, and I had to work on this, that, and the other. And actually, that was a great welcome because, um, you know, we were always going places looking for ways to improve because we knew if we stayed in St. Louis, if we stayed in Missouri, we, would, we weren't gaining much because there wasn't there weren't guys with more experience than us or with, you know, who, who were trying to, you know, just branch out. So we just went to the place where that that kind of epicenter was happening. You know, nobody invited us. We just kind of kept showing up. Is that where you kind of gained your most experience as far as learning so much from being in Ring of Honor? Because that is, you're right, that's a tough crowd. That's kind of was like the best of the indies at that time. You put the Samoa Joes and the AJ Styles and the Roderick Strongs and the Austin Aries. You kind of all put them in one show, and they would get booked constantly by ROH. Is that one of those things where you're learning so much from those guys and just from being in that organization? Yeah, just being a part of these really awesome shows, like being there when Punk and Joe do 60 Minutes, like being there for Joe Kobashi live. Like, you, you know, not just not just my matches, but being on these shows that had really, really high-level work. And when you're a fan of wrestling and you're at one of these shows, uh, you know, you just you don't miss any of the matches, especially not the main events that – guys like AJ and Joe and Brian were putting on at the time. Yeah, I was just always a part of these really high-quality matches, so I kind of just refused to be a part of anything um, of low quality to this day. I just got spoiled. When I was young, I just got spoiled, and so here we are. And they kind of married you again to Delirious. They kind of continued that, that feud with you guys, and I feel like that was just like a, a money thing. It's like, okay, you know, you're going to put these two guys together. You know they're going to have a great match. Yeah, I mean it's that's the point of having a rival, you know. You, yep. you got to have somebody you can square off with. 
And I mean, he just had the delirious is just a master of the sport, just a, a, a genius and encyclopedia, uh, persistent worker and innovator and originator. You know, the, all the, all the things that like play really well with, with what I was doing. And he had like brought in so many other things that I didn't know how to place in wrestling, like humor, like sometimes like insanity, normal, you know what I mean? So I, I was able to kind of play the straight guy for the comedian wrestler sometimes. Right. Sometimes yep. we just went out there and had like full on, you know, what, I mean, he was the first person that introduced me to Tori Uman. So it's like, we would go out there and have like matches that were part Midwest hillbilly wrestling and then part Tori Uman until we figured out a way to do it our own way. Which obviously uh, spawned into Dragon Gate too, which is, which is pretty cool, which kind of ties in to where you would end up, not too, uh, you know, not too distantly from, from Ring of Honor, right? Yeah, I, I got to Dragon Gate through, uh, we, we did shows, and I think they did me and AJ against Genki and Dragon Kid, and then after that, Seema hit me up on MySpace and invited me to come out to the dojo. Now, with your time in Ring of Honor, I just want to mention Christopher Daniels as well, because that's your ROH Tag Team Champion partner. You feuded, you teamed. What was kind of your your thoughts of, of being crowned tag team champions? You guys beat the king of wrestling. I'm always curious with wrestlers, like, does it mean anything? Does it not mean anything? It, I mean, it is important in an aspect that they're showing faith in you guys, but what does it mean to you to team with him and win the titles? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 lo- I love teaming with CD. I mean, I was just learning so much. The night before that, I really messed up my ankle. Like, I dislocated it, and so I really had a challenging time during the, that, that match. I was in a lot of significant amount of pain. But, yeah, I went ahead and did it anyway because I had a uh, tag team partner so good I only needed one leg. Um, Yeah, that was really the best part about Ring of Honor was my tag run with CD and AJ, uh, mainly just because I just got to shadow, you know, supremely talented wrestlers and uh, just absorb that, uh, like, their presence in the ring was something that I was – nowhere near and that was what I was uh, learning from them how to kind of hold the crowd and hold hold uh, hold space there and kind of you know kind of own the show like those two guys can do getting the rub if you will you know from a guy like AJ and a guy like Daniels uh, yeah I mean you know I mean really we're just tag partners I mean I don't it's just nice to be on uh to, you know, w- with those guys on your team, you're always getting a little bit better matches, and uh, mm-hmm. it moved me high. You know, that was a, kind of a way for me to get moved up higher up on the card. And you know, the, the match we had with the Kings of Wrestling is just great because Claudio and Hero are both two of my favorite opponents of all time. So it's, you know, that, that was the fun thing about ROH is we were always getting great matches. Oh, you know. So when- good times. I mean, I don't have the best memory of all of it. I mean, it was a long time ago. Oh, yeah. It's crazy to think that it's that long ago. Yep. Now, when do you kind of get on WWE's radar? Because obviously not too long after that, OVW kind of comes knocking and WWE comes a knocking. When do you kind of get on their radar and, and who's kind of reaching out to you? Yeah, no, I mean, like I was never – so basically Nova was in WWE Talent Relations. And at the time I was like the indie darling. And I was over in Dragon Gate, and basically Nova just called my cell phone and asked me to come do a tryout. Uh, I did a three-day try, or like you know, I went to a pay-per-view and Raw and SmackDown and did a little bit of wrestling. 
I was told they're not hiring guys my size. I said, no problem. I'll be over in Kobe, Japan, wrestling, you know, whatever makes you guys happy. And then two weeks later, they sent me a contract in the mail. Wow. I wonder I wonder if they were seeing your reaction or something. That's weird. That oh yeah, no, we're not interested. And then yeah, though, yeah, we no, are. No, they, they were thinking about hiring me. What they the caveat was well, the rules don't apply to me, so it was fine they could just hire me. But they oh. in were hiring people like that. Gotcha. Is, but you know what I really did for the thought for myself is of course they weren't hiring. You know, I, I mean there was Paul London Spanky Jimmy Yang. But outside of those guys, there was basically a, an opening for a high flyer wrestler, and in a company that kind of has you know, one type of circus act for each person, uh, you know, I really brought you know something that they didn't have to the table. And before long, I ended up and I went straight from like Ring of Honor. Or I went like I wrestled in Japan on Saturday on Friday. And then I did ROH on Saturday, and then I was in, like, Louisville, Kentucky by Monday, um, getting told, you know, that we're, we're, I mean, you know, we had a place where independent wrestling was considered pointless, and only thing that mattered was, like, WWE TV wrestling. And so, yeah, I was there, and um, we moved, and I moved down here now. Got in with uh, FCW at that time, which later became NXT, but I got, out of, I got out of there pretty quick and was right back on Monday Night Raw, you know. Yep. Yeah, you, you go to OVW, FCW, then the developmental territories, of course. When you get called up to WWE, how does that happen? Like, who calls you? Is it Johnny Ace? or How, did, no, how do you kind of get the word? Up. Yeah, I called myself up. I mean, it's... Um, I flew myself to a show. I showed up, and then I got, I I showed up on Sunday, and by Tuesday I was on ECW. Wow, that's kind of ba- basically bolting, what happened. Right? Some some guy, this dude I knew from independent wrestling, who kind of sucked, hit called me and asked me if he could get a dark match, and I said, dude, I'm in developmental. I don't know how to get a dark match. I I've never had one. I thought to myself, I said, what? How come I've never had a dark match? Like I I deserve a dark match, not this jerk who called me on the phone asking for one. Right. And so, yeah, so I went to the show and I just basically was showed up in, with with attempt to get a dark match uh, on on the Sunday I wrestled before the event, and then on Monday I wrestled in the dark, and then on Tuesday I wrestled on ECW. Wow, pretty ballsy. It's kind of like unheard of. Like you, you basically said, you know what? I'm just gonna, you know, what was the thought process there? Like I'm just like screw this. I'm just gonna go up and and see what happens. And you know, you kind of didn't care if you get booked, you get booked. If not. You know, like no no uh, no lose situation. Yeah, essentially. I mean, I just thought like, well, um, the way wrestling works is if you want to wrestle somewhere, you have to be there. And so, even though I worked for the company, I was never at the event. So, how could you possibly prove, you know, show your worthiness? You know, I mean, like, the office watched stuff on video, but the the truth is, nothing video doesn't translate wrestling like it should, and. You know, I just wanted to show them what I what I do, and you know, I mean, I I didn't have any expectations, but I just figured, you know, I I have a I'm with the company, so I should at least be getting a dark match for the love of God. And so <laughs> when I did it, yep. you know, that was my deal. You know, as we uh, wind it down, hit the wind down, head towards the finish. Just curious of Evan Bourne and like that time in WWE and kind of just the birth of. Is that a name that you create, they create? What's like the name generator thing going on with with that name? Yeah, so you know they they 
I wrestled as Matt Seidel on that one ECW show. And then the next week they bring me to TV and they say, you can't wrestle as Matt Seidel. I don't know what names you have. I gave them a few names. They came back to me with some terrible name with, that was alliteration based with J's first and last name with began with a J. Uh, and I just said to the writer, I was like, please, I have to live with this for the rest of my life. Can I please pick something better than that name? I said, okay, yeah, you got 20 minutes. So I, like, in my little panic, I kind of looked to CM Punk, who was a, kind of a mentor and a guy that I knew from the indies. Uh, he said, let's talk to Joey Styles. Joey took me to his office, where we then kind of chunked down a couple names that we could live with. Took those over to legal, and then um, they approved Evan Bourne. And two minutes later, I was doing a promo. And then, as soon as that promo was over, we realized, oh, we could do oh, Airborne. Oh, that's great. And then off to the races we went. Yeah, and the Shooting Star Press got over huge there. I mean, besides like the Slammy Award and all that stuff, it just got over huge with the fans. I mean, they just loved that as a finish. You felt that that was really, really getting over huge, and you were starting to really get over and gain some traction there? Yeah, well, the move was originally banned, so when I first showed up, I didn't think they were going to let me do it. And then, you know, the the word got out that, you know, my mine was my, my specialty, and they figured, you know, they're not paying me to be to do things that I do almost sec, second best, do the thing I do best. And, yeah, that's, so we just went wild with it and brought that back to TV, and I think – um, you know, I mean, I always, you know, the type of wrestling I was doing was always what I, what the fans wanted. And it was just a matter of getting it on in front of the bigger audience. And as soon as they put it on TV, they couldn't take it off. And if you look kind of what I started or what, you know, was resurrected with me and the shooting star press has now gone on to all these awesome high flyers and guys going nuts on Monday night, raw shooting stars, three six thirties, you know, the, the high flyers have certainly proven their worth. Oh, yeah, and you were definitely kind of at the forefront of a lot of these high flyers and a lot of these moves. And were you happy overall with the time in WWE? I mean, air boom with Kofi, you guys win the tag titles. Is that, you know, were you happy overall with the, the, your WWE run? I mean, I didn't have any expectations, so there could have been nothing to be disappointed in. Good call. Do you have some favorite matches and stuff like throughout your career? I know you mentioned some guys that you really like working with, like uh, Ricochet and uh, the Young Bucks and stuff like that. But do you have some favorite matches, like just going through maybe some guys that we wouldn't necessarily think of? I had a good one with Rey Mysterio one time. And obviously, you know, you mentioned your school and a lot of different things and training. You got a lot of things going on. But give us the plugs of the school and what you got going on down there and kind of where everybody can see the school or maybe to reach out and see on social media, things like that. Yeah, my 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 school's a, a private, you know, no visitors, no, you know, no fly by fly by night folks. So um, the, the location is secret. Uh, people can contact me through Facebook or through Instagram or through Twitter. M a t t s y d a l Matt Seidel. I'm pretty easy to locate. If they're interested, if they're in the Florida area, if you're like a wrestler, you can hit me up. You guys already know. If you're looking to train uh, the school, we do take new students. Um, Right now, it's in Pinellas Park, Florida, but anybody can hit me up. I'm pretty easy to find, and, um, you know, we'll, we do let people come in to check out a practice once you've kind of signed away your life and all the paperwork. Any reason why it's kind of a secret thing? You just don't want anybody kind of showing up to the school? Yeah, because wrestling's a secret. It's not for everybody. Uh, 
you know what you know what what we do in the what we do when the lights are off you know behind the scenes is kind of for us only and i just kind of like to keep it that way i don't like people loitering around or people who aren't there to work hard and sweat and you know we don't have a bunch of people just hanging out talking about wrestling every day all we do is go out work and grind and you know smash skulls together uh we don't sit around and and chat about glory days and old school and this and that now we're just in there sweating so you know we just uh we we come in and we just work hard and then leave because it really wouldn't be fun for anybody else in fact it's not fun for the people training they just know if they they know if they train long enough that there will be some light at the end of the tunnel all right good stuff thank you so much for the time you gave today and good luck with the school and i hope uh Everything works out well. You heal up from those injuries and uh, come back strong. We start seeing you all over the place again and, uh, you know, evolve and maybe even WWE down the road. Ah, well, I wouldn't count on any of that. But you can see me on the Internet. That's for sure. <laughs> all right, Matt. Thank you so much. And uh, you have yourself a great night. Thanks so much, Matt. Peace, love, and pro wrestling. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.